Hello listeners and welcome to Retrospective Replay episode 10, a weekly serialised podcast taking an in-depth look into video games. This is season 1, Vagrant Story. My name is Ian and with me tonight is Michael. Hello. Hello, Ian. How are you? I'm really good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, can't complain. Good. So we, I put on Twitter, actually, uh, the other day that this might be the last episode of recording, but I don't think so. I think this will be the penultimate episode after playing a bit of gameplay. Tonight we'll go through the Temple of Kiltia and start the Great Cathedral, but the Great Cathedral is a lot bigger than I anticipated, so we're going to have to split that across two parts, I think. Yeah, we're not finished, so... There will be one more episode. Well, I'm certainly not finished. No, I haven't finished either. I've pushed on a little bit, just ready for to record next week. But it's yeah. not, you know, I haven't I haven't really got uh, close. To, I think I'm close to the end, but I'm not at the end yet. I think I'm a few bosses away. Right, okay. So when we left last week, we literally got out of the limestone quarry, went into the temple of Kiltia, into the dark coast where we saved. So we resume in the dark coast, in the temple of Kiltia, and the music is, as always with this game, is the Temple of Kiltia. Last week we completed that sort of nasty jump, which I just couldn't get the hang yeah. of. It took me a couple of minutes to do it. We reload on the magic circle and move on through the double doors into the Hall of Prey. We walk in the room, we get a check message, and this is a, a mini-boss, I would I would guess you would say it is, because the music doesn't change, and it's called A Last Crusader, but it's just another variant of the Dullahan. Yeah, we've already fought one of those before. I think they were also called The Last Crusader. I think it was um, a nightmare, was it not? Maybe it was. I think as well the technical term I'm really up in this, they're demi-bosses, like a demi-god. We spoke about last week, didn't you? You said demi was French for half? Oh yeah, yes. Did we speak about that last week, or was that when we were... I think we did at some point. I think, yeah, Demi is the French for half, yes. So, like a half boss, yeah. Um, yeah. So, it's the Last Crusader, the Demi boss, he has 480 health points and 240 magic points with an evil affinity. So, for me, I've got this standard technique that I use now. So, I cast Heracles on myself and Prestasia, unless it's an element-based boss, and then I put on the opposite element to hurt it. With these Dullahan style bosses, you can cast Degenerate on them, then Tarnish. But this guy, he was really heavy on the magic, so I think I did Degenerate, Tarnish, and then Mute to silence him. Um, and then I just hit it. It managed to hit me back once or twice. It only did two damage with by the time I'd done Degenerate and Tarnish on it. So two damages, it was nothing. It was Then it was just purely chains after that. How would you find it? No, it was fine. I mean, these bosses now, or demi-bosses, are they're no challenge, really, when you have the right weapons and when you have all of the magic. Do you not find that some of the regular encounters are harder? Like, if you've got to fight off two gremlins, do you not find they're harder than a demi-boss? Yeah, they are much harder. And, I mean, if you have two gremlins and uh, something else in a non-dead or something in a room, and the gremlins, I still find they're quite difficult. Same. Um, I'll talk about one later, but it took me a good few minutes to, to beat them. With the Dullahan as well, just the same as previous times, as long as if you focus on his abdomen, that's where his weak spot is. So yeah. just keep going for that. I'm not really using Analyze anymore, and I'm not really trying to change my weapons to see what's the best. I know you should be using, well, as previous anyway, I don't know if it's the same now, 
it should have been a piercing weapon against this one. But I think I've just got an edged weapon in my hand, a Hagagne blade, and that seems to do yeah. most stuff. And I changed once with a boss that we'll talk about later, so... I think what I've been using quite a bit at this point was the Great Sword, I think. I can't remember what it was called, the Executioner or something. Two-handed sword. Yeah. Ah, right. Except for beasts, and then I used the Tavarish or a version of it that's upgraded now. But mm-hmm. there's different weapons for different... Once you have the weapon for the types that you're fighting against, it's relatively... That's the only switching. Maybe there's less switching now as we're getting on. Probably more in the menus for spells. I seem to be always casting Prestasia, Heracles, Degenerate, Tarnish, and Elemental spells. I'm, I'm forever casting spells. It just seems seems to be every 30 seconds. Yeah, you, well, I mean, that's the whole thing. You've learned the magic, so you might as well use it. That's very true. We do get some prizes for beating this. So we get an Agrias Balm accessory and a Grimoire Purifier, which is a Shaman spell, which is clearance, which I think just gets rid of any status ailments. Yeah, although it's French, so it's Purify. Okay. But it's spelled like purifier, right? Yeah, but it's pronounced purifier. Right, okay, that's fine. French. But yeah, it is. that's how you spell purifier as well. Yeah, it would be French because everything else in French. I don't see why they would suddenly change the um, language to English. We also get three Alchemist Reagent, which restores 25 health points and lowers risk by 25. So the, the health point re- restoration isn't really that helpful, but the risk of 25 can be because I have used a couple of Vera items a bit further on. Now that this boss is defeated, we go out via the right-hand door, because if you go left, you end up stuck because you've got to come back this way. We go right, and we end up in Those Who Drink the Dark. And this is a large L-shaped room. Those Who Drink the Dark, is that um, Guinness drinkers? <laughs> it might be. An hour, can we get sponsored by Guinness? <laughs> <laughs> we can try. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a large L-shaped room, and there's a chasm to jump over at the start, which is pretty easy you jump on a little pillar and then you jump over the chasm and then there is probably what so far is the hardest puzzle of the game i'd say oh yeah yeah complex box puzzle if i tried to describe the whole thing i'd be here all night but there's probably eight nine boxes in total the level is split and the whole idea is that you need to push a box off a top level down to a second level and then all the other boxes you need to rearrange them to allow you to push two boxes at the very bottom for this third box that you've pushed onto the middle level to come across and up the other boxes, kind of like a little, you make like a little movable walkway for it, don't you? And then you can push it all yeah. the way up and jump up the top. So I think in the end, I knew what I had to do, but it was so much trial and error, I ended up looking it up. Yeah, I did the same. I looked at a guide, a video to see how to do it because it was, yeah, as you say, it was a lot of trial and error. Yeah, honestly, I don't know how you would have done it back in the day. I mean, probably just by a games mag. Well, then again, it was. 2000 i'm thinking did i have the internet in 2000 say i probably just got it yeah i think so as well i was because i i think doing something similar with a puzzle for one of the original tomb raider yeah i can't remember what it was now but for the life of me i just couldn't do it so i looked at a guide i remember before i had the internet and i was playing a cracking game on the ps1 soul reaver legacy of Kane soul reaver where you play mm. azrael i think he is or azrael i think it's azrael azrael and there was a boss where you had to kind of, I mean, I've only played this game once, I've not played it since, so my memory's a bit foggy, but I think you've got to lure him out, and you got to, he's got to chase you down loads of hallways into like a, like a giant furnace or something, and I think you beat him in the furnace, and for the life of me, I couldn't figure it out, and I had to go out and buy a guide, but you know, the game hadn't been out that long, and as the magazines do, they covered all the hot games, didn't they, anything new, so... 
I remember struggling with the first boss in Sonic the Hedgehog when you met the doctor first at the end of the first level. If you don't know what you're doing, though, I mean, you know, Mega Drive's going back, and the the like the final one I remember was on PS1 again, and I think it was Breath of Fire Seven, might have been five, but I think it was seven. And you play this little guy who is like this human, but he morphs into a dragon, and he's got a friend who morphs mm. into a dragon who disappears for the whole game at the start of the game. Then he comes back later, and he's like the evil protagonist. And there's this point in the game where you need to basically you got to stand in front of a statue for thirty or forty seconds, do nothing, literally stand there for forty seconds, and then the character will kneel down, and the game will continue. But the message was so cryptic that I think a lot of people got foiled by that and just gave up the game at that point, which I did. And it wasn't until a few years later I saw in a magazine about like a small reader's letter about this. And it was like, yeah, this is kind of unfair on people, but this is what you do. So that's another game I never finished just purely because I didn't know what to do. I mean, in some instances, people will say today, people have it too easy. You know, you can just save and there's too much hand holding. And it's not like the days when you had, you know, finite lives. And if you died, you had to go all the way back to the start. I guess it depends on what you play games for. But a lot of it's the story and it's not to be easy. But if if a game notices that you're struggling, so obviously there, you know, how are you going to work out? You're supposed to stand in front of a statue for 40 seconds. Oh, God knows. I don't know how people figure it out. But apparently some people must have. I suppose, yeah. We now go through this doorway, we've just done the puzzle for, into the Chapel of Missange. We fight another mini-boss, demi-boss, the Minotaur Lord, 540 health points, zero magic points, beast affinity, with a special attack of Giga Rush. So it's exactly the same as the very first Minotaur that we fought. And to be honest, it's easier. I mean, the music doesn't change again, you know it's another demi-boss. Yeah, this guy was kind of pointless. I mean, not pointless, he was just really easy. The first Minotaur boss was harder because you had no gear. But now, yeah. this was like, seriously, it was ridiculous. It yeah. managed to hit me with Giga Rush and did 9 damage. Weak boss, usual strat, tarnish on him, buff on me, chains. Uh, we got a Titan's Ring as a prize, uh, Elixir of Queens, and more Alchemist Reagent. However, there's a chest in the corner. So we yep. got the chest, Top that left. was unlocked. Uh, we got a Frost Maiden two-handed Hagagne Mace, which I've not used. I don't really use two-handed weapons. I like the shields. Yeah. Um, a Grip, Cure Potions, Mana Potions, Ghost Town Accessory, and most importantly, we get the Silver Key. So now we can go out and back into the previous room, those who drink the dark, and in there, there was a Silver Key door. Did you go through that straight away? Yeah. That brings you back to Limestone Quarry, doesn't it? Yeah, Limestone Quarry. Room's called yeah. Ants Prepare for Winter funny name and it's a standard mines corridor so you move straight through that in the way the serpent hunts t-shaped room again standard but this had two gremlins and this is where i struggled a bit because one of them silenced me before i could cast my uh, degenerate on him so i, I destroyed one pretty fast because i think i went degenerate on him prestige on myself etc etc got that but when i went to cast degenerate on the second one that managed to silence me unfortunately so I ran around for a bit because I don't think you, you can't cast a spell to undo silence and I didn't have any items to remove the silence status effect. So in the end, I ran out the room and then when I came back, I expected the room to be reset. It wasn't. The enemy was still just there with however many health I'd taken off him. But by this point, I'd managed to rebuff myself, went in there, cast Degenerate on him and, and wiped him out. But it took me about five minutes to clear this room out in total by the time I messed around. Well, if you're silenced, and once they take the magic off you, you're the mere mortal again. <laughs> That's true. But I think it's obviously random about what spells they cast, because I didn't have that. 
they didn't cast silence on me, so... No, they, they tend to cast silence on me a lot, or try to anyway. The next room is Droned in Fleeting Joy, and it's another regular Mind's Chest room, had a dark elemental in. Although I've not wrote down what I got off the chest, actually. Did you know what, what we got off the chest? Uh, I wrote down one thing, there's a Hagane glove in there. I didn't think it was really what was in the chest, No. all the way back there, but... Um, or for the people behind the silver door. But, you know, there was Hagagne glove in there, so that was kind of good. I think when I got here, my inventory was pretty full, and I think I lost most items, to be honest. So if we leave there, we go back to the T-shaped room, and obviously that means there's one more door, and that just takes us up a standard stairway. It's a standard stairway called Ascension, which leads us back to the door to the auction block, which has a magic circle in for teleporting. So now we need to get back to the Hall of Prey, and when you go back there, where we fought the... Or that Dullahan. There's a, now a water elemental and a nightmare, so the, the lesser version of the Dullahan, or of the of that last Dullahan boss anyway, and the door locks, and you have to defeat both of them, and they were harder than the Minotaur. Yeah, the peanut head fishman was back, yeah. and the, the Night Stalker, which is the. That's the one, the Night Stalker, not a nightmare, Night Stalker. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, the two of them together I think were more difficult than doing the big Dullahan, or the uh, last Crusader on as well. So we go through the final door here that we hadn't been through into the resentful ones. And there's two puzzles in this room and they're both a bit tricky. Yep. And if you mess it up, you've got to go all the way back. So if you mess up the second one, you have to go all the way back out the room, back in, which it's a bit of a walk, really, if you mess it up. And then you probably have to redo the first puzzle again, I assume. The first puzzle involves moving marble blocks, which have a counter on them to be used for stoppers for the frictionless cubes to be pushed around. So it's a bit like a pinball machine, isn't it? Yeah. And then you use these crates to push close to the wall and you jump up the wall. And the second one's a bit similar, but there seems to be more blocks. And then there's blocks in the corner to just to confuse you. A couple of magnetic blocks that do nothing. Yeah, which is a bit mean. Next from here, we move into Those Who Fear the Light. And it's a big square room with an air elemental and two gremlins. So this is the hardest room by far. Yeah, because you've got three bosses. Well, no, I don't think gremlins were a boss, were they? No, sorry, you've got the air elemental and uh, you got three people to fight, sorry. And gremlins, gremlins are by far the hardest enemy for me, I think, for some reason. I don't know why. I just, I think because they're an evil affinity, so I don't think my weapons are very good at that. I know if you, um, you know all the training dummies that are around, if you hit them, it ups your affinity of that weapon. But I think when you up one affinity, another one drops because affinities are opposing. So something like if you do human affinity, evil goes down. Whereas if you could do beast, then elemental goes down or fire goes down, something like that, you know. So really, you need to be carrying multiple weapons. Well, as you do, you do carry multiple weapons. But the chances are you probably should be carrying six weapons on you because you'd probably want, like, the piercing, edged, and mace. And then yeah. because affinities, affinities are opposing and there's six of them, therefore each weapon can have three strong affinities then you know, naturally have three weak affinities. So you'd want, they say, two maces, one that does three affinities, and the other that does the other three affinities. So it's a lot of weapons to be carrying around with you yeah. all the time. It's a, it's a bit overkill, really, which it, I suppose is great if you're in really, really into the game and you want to be able to, you know, play it as efficiently as possible. Yeah, yeah, try out everything, get all of the break arts. Fortunately, it has a nice difficulty curve where you don't have to do that. You do yeah. really need one of each weapon type, piercing, edged, and blunt. But, I mean, at the minute, I just think I just use one sword and I just go around using pretty much that for everything and I seem to be doing okay. Yeah. 
So we've beat these three enemies from the hard room, and we move into the Chamber of Reason. So it's a cutscene. Screen goes blank, and the music name is going to give things away a bit, but music is called The End of Rosencrantz slash Kali. Because it's used for two elements here as we're going to go through. Yeah. So Ashley enters the room and is knocked down by Rosencrantz from behind using the butt of his sword. Ashley, from the ground, looks up and sees Sydney is lying on the ground as well. Rosencrantz points at Ashley and says, look at you. Then he kicks him in the ribs and walks away towards Sydney. Rosencrantz starts to protest at Sydney, saying that this is his successor and open his eyes, that he should be the one. Harden is gone and old man Badoba is next. He then tells Sydney his time will come soon. He then says also that he gave the city to the Cardinal's motley rabble, which he then denies and says, I think not, not for after the hardships I have endured. I'm sure you agree, it is time. I will carry the legacy in your name, now the rights, name me your successor. And the next bit made me chuckle when Sydney goes, I name you Worm as you crawl through the dust. Rosencrantz then hacks off in one swoop Sydney's arm and he says, keep your mortality. Here, let me lighten your load. But it doesn't faze Sydney at all, does it? He stands up and picks his arm up and Rosencrantz is really confused and he says, I gave my limbs to the gods and then he sticks his arm back on. So, like, both his legs and his arms, like, just armour that he controls using magic. I think so. I because mean, there was no, there was no blood and it looked hollow, right? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think you know they're like what the dull hand and whatever else that suits of armor just moving around by magic. He has no limbs because he said he's. But well, where did they go? What happened to his limbs? Did, were they a sacrifice? Because I was thinking, are they sacrificing some sort of ritual? Yeah, this shows what Rosencrantz was about all along. He wants all the power for himself. So Sidney sticks his arm back on and says to Rosencrantz, perhaps I'll add yours to the offering. Rosencrantz replies, when will you learn your power is useless against me? And then Rosencrantz realises he's holding Sidney's arm in his hand as a weapon and he's startled and he throws it away. The camera cuts to where the arm lands, but as it lands, it's actually the sword. Rosencrantz then says, how? And Sidney replies, do not forget where you're standing. Rosencrantz then realises that Sidney has deceived him. Rosencrantz and Sidney start to circle each other. And Sidney says, I have done nothing. You've deceived yourself with boys' daydreams. Fear not, sweet Rosencrantz. I will not kill you. Which is funny, because he's just saying that he's not going to do the dirty work, because then the, the Kali statue stares at Rosencrantz. And it like it leers over him, doesn't it? Oh yeah, it hits him dead with its with its weapon. Yeah, it like and it uses its arm, and it's it's got four arms, I think, hasn't it? It's got four and arms. It and slices four through him yeah. like at a diagonal and cuts him in half. And did you notice how amazing his face was of horror as the um, the statue comes at him? He's like his mouth is wide open. He just looks totally petrified. It's a fantastic well, face. Well, he gets his comeuppance because yeah, yeah. I think it turns out that he was a bad character. Oh, he was definitely a bad character, I'd say. It's interesting as well. Kali is the Hindu goddess of time, creation, destruction, and power. So I was reading up on this. um, And it's Mm -hmm. supposedly 
this isn't an evil character. Um, it's supposedly it's um, a goddess that destroys evil in order to protect the innocent. So it's kind of fitting that this Kelly was the one to kill Rosencrantz. If you go by that definition, then he was evil, right? Yeah, but then it fights Ash, um, Ashley next. So Yeah, well, that's it. The screen then shakes. Is that more earthquakes? Maybe, I'm not sure. Or is it just the fact Callie's stomping around really heavily? Yeah. And she moves in between Ashley and Sydney. And Sydney says to Ashley, I gave you the city, Risk Breaker. All of its power, all to you. Make haste, join me. Already your powers are close to readiness. Come. And Ashley shouts back at him, Keep your accursed city. Where's Merlos? Sydney ignores that question, really, and says, You may be able to save them, your wife and child. Should you meet them, repent, Ashley, repent. And then he runs off, leaving Ashley to fight the Kali statue. Which It's funny, because you've just mentioned she's the, the Kali is the keeper of time, and you know how is he going to save his wife and child if he doesn't go back in time? Or is this because he's going to be getting, if he gets the powers, the, the power of the dark, you know? But was that even his wife and child? In the other story, he they were just peasants that he killed. That's what the Sydney told him. And now are they his wife and child? I mean... No, it was um, Rosencrantz told him that it was um, peasants. Was it? Yeah. It was it was the scene with Rosencrantz when they said they were peasants, but then otherwise he thought it was a wife and child, but you don't know which is true. Yeah. No idea. And are Marlos and Joshua basically the equivalent of the wife and child that he's now going to be able to save? Yeah, never thought of that way. Yeah, maybe. Now we fight Callie. 500 health points, 500 magic points. She's classed as human, even though she's far from it. She has a special attack, a raven eye, which gives you poison, and a Caesar's thrust, which causes paralysis, which I never got any of them. I think what we had, myself and Callie, we had one of these Heracles degenerate battles, like with the Ogre Lord. So I class Heracles on myself, she classes degenerate on me, then I class Heracles again, and it was just like kind of that, while... You know, because obviously you get two, three goals before they get one goal. So, you know, cast a spell, then hit it a bit, hit it again, and then cast another spell type of thing. I actually found it was quite easy to beat as well. I used Heracles and Protasia. Um, and then if you cast Lead Bones on, on her, it stops her. It's, it affects her agility. So it makes her easier to, or less able to hit you. For the boss that killed Rosencrantz, I thought it would be a bit more of a challenge. Then again, maybe it wasn't meant to be a challenge because... You know that Sydney isn't trying to kill you. This Kali seems to be more destroying evil than than Ash isn't evil. Yeah, that's true. And I think maybe it's kind of a mechanism to show how much Ashley has grown in strength and power. Because his powers are, you know, what Sydney said to him, your powers are coming to fruition, nearly completion. So maybe it just like highlights the fact that Ashley is now so powerful compared to everyone else. Whereas when you fought Rosencrantz the first time it was a bit tricky in places mainly because he kept healing but then I get the feeling now you would have just totally destroyed him one go but anyway on the scores I am on 2,353,646 2,314,900 61% of the map 63 rank berserker yep same I don't think that'll change we hit 3 million now yeah. Um, and I got a bonus of strength plus three. Yeah, MP plus one. We defeat Kali, we return to gameplay, and there's only one other exit in this room. It's quite a nice looking room, to be fair. 
Um, quite nice colours and things, but we got the other exit to a corridor, and it's a long corridor with a cloud stone at the end. And this is the cloud stone that Rosencrantz took down in the original cutscene when they were there. But this room is called... <laughs> it makes me laugh because you've had all these other things. You've had like Live Long and Prosper and Bazaar of the Bazaar. So this room is literally called Exit to the City Centre. Like, what? Did you run out of names? Do like, you get this yeah. far? And then you're just like, yeah, it's just the exit of the city centre. That's fine. Yeah, the, the writers were probably like, oh, I just can't come up with anything. It's the exit to the city centre. Be done with it. Not, not like it could have been, I don't know, passageway of acceptance or something. No, no. Or elevation to greatness or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Just, just exit to city centre. Brilliant. We got in the Cloudstone and we get a small cutscene as it comes up. Ashley comes out of the Cloudstone and the bells of the cathedral are ringing. That's right in front of us while some hopeful music plays. This room name is Plataea Lumitar. So Plataea is a Greek word for town square. But Lumitar, I couldn't find the word anywhere actually outside of Vagrant Story to be honest. But Lumitar sounds like lumination, doesn't it? So like lights. As the name suggests, we're in another town area. You hear the birds again, the wind, and you hear the river. And there's a river next to us, which can be crossed using a pillar, which is near the cathedral. So before we go into the cathedral, we'll hop over the river. So next, we go into another one of these indoor walk areas, like Dina's Walk, and this one's called Garm's Walk. So it looks like another interior of a, like a chapel or something. And there's always these sort of walks. always have um, like a big chasm to jump over, and this one does, I think. Yes, yeah. it does, it's further on. Um, it's a L-shape to the right-hand side as you walk in the room. But then I noticed there was something there and I thought it was an enemy. I cast myself all my buff spells and ran up to it and realised it was just a, a practice dummy for a... Gremlin. A gremlin, yeah. Uh, so next, we I don't have the room name here, well, apologies. But we go into the house where Harden and Melos were when she found out she got her power in the cutscene. When, when she was on the floor and he was up on the mezzanine. So we go into there, and there's a chest in the corner, but there wasn't anything anything great there, I don't think. Um, it was locked for me, because it was locked with a chest key. No, yeah, no, sorry, the, the, the chest key is in the Garm's walk, yeah, you're correct, but then when we move into the house, there was another chest on the oh, floor, okay. and there's a puzzle to get back up. Yeah. I couldn't solve the puzzle first time, and instead of just leaving the room coming back, I just ran out of the house went to the next room along, went the next house along, which is a workshop, and I used the... Well, if I start as I repaired my equipment, and then I used the magic circle to teleport back to outside the cathedral. Okay, yeah. I mean, in that chest, though, I think at the top of that, there was five fairy wings in there, and fairy wings are, are quite good when you need to jump across the places. No, yeah, you're right. They are good for that, especially when you can bypass a couple of puzzles using them, can't you, really? I teleported back to the town square area outside the Great Cathedral and moved into the Great Cathedral. And the first room we're in, well, if I start, let's talk about the cathedral. The cathedral is split up across, I think, four or five levels. There's like basement levels, level one, level two, and the whole place, it's boss central. There's not many normal enemies around here. Everything is just boss after boss after boss, so... I'll try not to play the victory music too much, but we will not be covering that much of the cathedral here because it's so large. We'll probably have to conclude it next week. Yeah, um, I think our score is going to diverge a bit as well because before I went into the cathedral, I ran around and did some other bits. 
um, and got lost down in the quarry and stuff and fought some other things. All right, okay. Did you go do some optional stuff? I went and did some optional, optional-ish stuff, right. thinking that this is the last time because I'm probably not going to play the game again and this might be the last time. Once you go into the cathedral anyway, I'm assuming this is where the end is going to happen. So I just went around a bit. Somewhere in the cathedral, presumably, but I think you can still leave, you know, using teleportation. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And I, but I guess, you know, there is, you have everything that you need up to this point anyway to go into the cathedral. And then, as we've said previously, the weapons and whatnot are, and the magic that you have are certainly probably good enough to fight anything that's in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More than likely. I did do a bit of optional stuff myself. Not much. The only thing I did, I think, was the zombie minotaur back in the amphitheater, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. I fought that. I went and did that. Um, I think I've fought a couple of other bosses as well there was a another wyvern a wyvern knight or something there was an iron golem a couple of things like that did you get score for defeating some of these enemies as well yes well for one of them only for one of them which was the iron golem okay fair enough did you get any did you note any decent gear you got no there was only a couple of sigils and i think those sigils are for the do you know the corridor with the the ruins on it yeah the keep so the the keep yeah. yeah that's i think that's all it was yeah, well, that's it. We haven't done anything in the keep, and we didn't really go in the Iron Maiden beyond what we had to do in the first room, so... Yeah, it, re- it really wasn't worth it, to be honest with you. Probably a lot of time. Yeah, a lot of time. Maybe on your second or third playthrough, it would be a lot easier, because obviously you take your stats with you, you take your gear with you, and imagine... Yeah. There were a couple of interesting grimoires along the way. There was a grimoire Patir, which Patir is the French for suffer, and that gives you the dark chant that the dark elemental has. So that was quite interesting. And then I think there was another Grimoire Venin, which is Poison Mist, which again, it's the French for Venom. But other than that, not a lot really. So we move into the Grey Cathedral. The music, as always, is called the Grey Cathedral, the same as the area names. And the first room is into the Holy War on level one. This room has a cloud stone lift, which is not operating when you first arrive. It's red instead of green, so if red means it's out of order. So we go down the stairs into the struggle for the soul. This room, it has a healing panel in. Did you manage to hit the healing panel? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Yeah, it's just somewhere a couple of squares left of the stairs as you descend down. If you manage to hit it, it lowers your risk and gives you, obviously, health back. Um, there's two other exits, one at the right, one at the left. So we'll jump over the river that's down here, and like an underground river, and we'll go through the one on the left-hand side. Next room is Order and Chaos. Very small cutscene that just shows a water elemental up here as we go in. And my strategy was Heracles and Spark Fusion. This enemy, the Mirid, has got 500 health points and 180 magic points, Phantom Affinity, and it can do Avalanche Level 3 and Aqua Blast. I didn't struggle at all, no way, you know. Some of the bosses later on, which we'll talk about next week, were a bit harder, took me a bit longer, but this one was, no, it was nothing. Yeah, he's like the Peanut Head Fishman, except he's got a cone head instead of a Peanut Head. So he's, yeah, he's Conehead Fishman. So he seems to be like a higher rank than Peanut Head Fishman, because I think he's he's meant to be harder than him. But as you say, he's easy enough. What's his name? Married. I was had a look at this. That means it's Arabic for rebellious. Um, and the word has supposedly come to refer to demons or powerful genies or jinn. And in the game Dungeons and Dragons, it is actually a water genie. So that's effectively what he is. Well, they do look like genies as well, don't they? Yeah. 
think we called the um, the first fire elemental we saw in the abandoned mines B1. I think we called you called him the fire genie. Yeah, fire genie. So we get some score. So let's see how your score compares to mine now. I think you probably be pulling ahead. Yeah. And the map as well. So my score, 2,456,817. Okay, I think I did a lot more than you in the, in the interim bits. Because I have 3,378,980. And my map is 70%. Wow, okay. So I'm still on Berserker. I'm on Destroyer. Oh, right, okay. And I got HP plus 4. And I got Agility plus 1. Um, I mean, I the, my score is higher now because I went off on a sidetrack. I uh, got slightly lost and ended up uh, wandering around the place. We get some loot. We get an Elixir of Queens and a Grimoire Avalanche, which would probably upgrade our Avalanche Grimoire. However, I never use these, and I think they're all in my inventory, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the Grimoires are... Uh, and some of the Grimoires duplicate what other ones do, and you seem to get Grimoire Flamme from it, nearly everybody as well. I think that just upgrades it, though, because you get level 1, level 2, level 3. So next, we move on up through some stairs in an offering of souls, and this takes us into sin and punishment. So here, there's a container and a magic circle. And apparently, there's also two strangely placed traps in here, which do curse and eruption. And I think curse, that's one where you die after so long, isn't it? Um, no, curse, I think, uh, lowers all of your stats. I think the curse one is something that the harpy could cast on you, so curse you. But we do have things to yeah. get rid of the curse. Blessing. Yeah, blessing. So yeah. I don't think it kills you. I think it just lowers all of your stats. We go to the magic circle here and save the game, where we will conclude with part two next week. The final part. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm What I'm assuming will be the final part, unless... This is much bigger than I think, but I really do think we'll be concluding this in episode 11. How did you find the um, this section and the temple and whatnot? And let's talk a bit more about your optional content that you did. Optional content. I found in general it was okay. I mean, the optional content, I think I got a bit sidetracked and a bit running around all over the place. And I don't know. I wanted to try the silver key as well and open up some places that that opened up. Yeah. I think, as you said, once you have the weapons, it's not much of a challenge. Some of the bosses... There was one different type of an enemy, and I can't I can't think of the actual name for it, but it looked like spirit fingers. So it was like this kind of glowing thing that would do magic on you. But it, that seemed to be a kind of a, an enemy that protected chests. Some of the chests, as I say, there's some Damascus equipment, like a Damascus shield. You get some grimoires. Um, but there's a grimoire, uh, molles, which means French is for softness, um, like molasses. That cures paralysis, but... We already got a grimoire previously that cured paralysis, numbness, and something else. So, yeah, uh, and of course you have your is God is real tears, and I think I've probably got about thirty-five of them anyway. And you don't get like paralyzed or paralysis cast on you that often, to be fair. Yeah, I think this section was a little bit light on story, um, uh, but then again, you know, we kind of I think know what's going on now. Yeah. It was it was some nice important points though at least. Yeah, I mean it was good in that respect. And it was interesting as well to see Sydney and his limbs being sacrificed, his story and then being able to what's his name? Rosencrantz getting his comeuppance, I think was was quite satisfying. We thought he was a grey character at one point, but by the end, you yeah. know, he was very dark. And I think, you know, he's only second to Guildenstern in the baddies. Although I think Rosencrantz all along was just out for himself. So I he was on no sides. He was doing nothing for anybody except himself. 
Yeah, 100%. He was just a free agent out for himself, trying to play all sides against each other. Yeah. And his ultimate goal was to really just take the power for himself, even though there's so many people after it, um, the Cardinal. I think Gildenstern's trying to get hold of it as well, even though you said it was for the Cardinal. I think he probably wants it for himself. Rosencrantz wants it for himself. Sydney's trying to give it away. Is there even a Cardinal? Will we see him? I don't know. Uh, I don't think we'll see the Cardinal whatsoever. I think it's just a character to talk about. And then there's still the unanswered story about what is the truth about Ashley's past. We still don't know that. I'm still not clear on on what actually happened. Hopefully that will be resolved next week. Hopefully. Join us next week for the final episode of Season 1.